Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the boomer. And, and we, we are Dame, Dame Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, four unique points of view. Hi, everybody. It's Dame Arnisha, and welcome back to, to Dame Talk. Um, we're continuing with our entrepreneur series. Uh, today we have with us uh, Tanya Riggs. Tanya Riggs is the broker and owner for Sheridan Residential Group. Um, and Tanya is a dear, dear friend of mine uh, as well. She and I have been friends for several years now. Um, we attend the same church. Um, and I just thought it would be great for Tanya to come on because her background has been so unique um, in, in her getting to owning uh, um, a real estate a real estate company um, that we thought she would be a great person to have on here to talk. So Tanya, I know that you started as an arts management major. I did, actually yes. museum studies. Museum studies, okay, yes. okay. So can you tell us about how you kind of got went from that to where you are now? Um, well, I can tell you, I didn't see then what I do now. Okay. I, I, I think no one would <laughs> do arts management and then say, that's because I want to be a realtor. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I spent, I think I had the privilege of being able to spend my college years really doing things that I loved. Uh, that said, my undergraduate degree is in anthropology and sociology. I got to travel. I studied Native Americans. And it kind of just facilitated a lot of my passions. I kind of stumbled into that area. My family's from the West Indies. So basically, you go to college to be a doctor, a lawyer, or if you want to do a noble profession, you become a teacher. So out of <laughs> one of those three things, I went in pre-med hit bio and was like, okay, yeah. Actually, I'm sorry, it was organic chemistry. Oh. Yeah, it killed me. Dead. <laughs> Went to the professor, begged for a C. He gave me the C, promising that I would never take another science class. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> incredibly boring this will never do <laughs> and so that kind of went by the wayside and then as I was taking my electives I took an anthropology course and I was like hey I can do this I can study people and, and I did yeah. cultural anthropology people yeah. and cultures and religions and customs and you know traditions it was just so enriching and so full for me that it, my passion kind of just immediately sparked. I had no clue what I would do with it, um, but I just knew for now that was what I wanted to do. And my parents indulged me, or actually they might've found out after. <laughs> I, 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 I had so many credits. Now, do you want me to stay another year? Or I um, so that's kind of how that played out. And then um, I stayed at Seton Hall then for my graduate work. I had made some really wonderful relationships. I had. Um, people who really mentored me through my college years who said, listen, you're not going to be able to do a whole lot with your undergraduate degree alone. And so anytime you're ready, come back and do your master's. Mm -hmm. I did a year at Scholastic, which was my first mm -hmm. kind of job yeah. out of college. And uh, I was a new media specialist, which was like the gopher for the office mm -hmm. for the technology department, basically. And um, one day I came in there was, an, we came up the elevator and there were a list of names, <gasps> two lists of names on the walls. Now, I had no clue what those list of names meant. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what, 21 years old, 22. Right. And, and I was like, okay. So the first set was for an AM meeting and the second set was for a PM meeting. I'm at my desk, I'm doing my work. After the first meeting, you hear people bawling <gasps> coming out and it was layoffs. 
But they had a list. A list. So then everybody saw who, who was getting was. let it. Come Absolutely. on now. And it was called in like almost auditorium Come style. And really? It was so jarring to me yeah. that I said, I never want to be in a position where someone else dictates what my life is going to look mm, like. And at that moment, I said, okay, that's when I was going back to school for my graduate studies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, lay me off, I live at home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> young, you're silly. Like, you know, but I just saw these people who have families right. and mortgages and really important things to take mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. And that really was the thing that, probably before I realized it, um, kind of planted the seed that I needed to be an entrepreneur okay. at some point. Because I just, that one experience said to me, I never want to be in a place where someone else is dictating mm -hmm. what my life will look like. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, like companies need to realize, and I, I don't think they do, what someone else's, what you do to someone else, how it affects everybody else. Yes. You know, and how sensitive you need to be because you lose people who you might yeah. want to keep because mm -hmm. they see how you treat somebody else. Absolutely right. You know, Absolutely so right. that's right. good for you that you like that helped you. Well, right, it your... really did. Um, and um, I went back to graduate school, and basically it was another excuse to do a lot more traveling. <laughs> I like so, it already. Yep. I studied in Germany. I studied in Italy. It was great. And I made some of my closest friends who were still in the field. Um, and I came out and I worked for, um, I interned with the New Jersey State Council on the Arts. I worked with the New York State Council on the Arts. And I, my last job I left was at uh, a contemporary art gallery called Al Jaira, which really was working with emerging artists. Um, and it was really kind of a, a think tank and a grassroots type organization. It was really exciting, but a ton of hard hard work because it's like you're 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 doing all the groundbreaking work we were buying a building at the time i was um associate director of development which was huge for mm. someone coming out of grad school so i was in two years out of school um and the director of the gallery was so very kind to me and that he really wanted to kind of hone me in and say listen this is a field it's a very specific field mm -hmm. like let's get you into in front of the right people in the right places but you're going to work your butt off to get there mm -hmm. um and i didn't really appreciate that for what it was at that stage in my life had i had it to do all over <laughs> again i would say thank you so much <laughs> but at the time it was really mm -hmm. It was morning meetings. It was coming in uh, at the time I was living in New York. The gallery was in New Jersey. Mm. You know, it was coming in for 7 a.m. It was working through the day. It was meeting with um, picking, I mean, everything from picking up people from the airport and meeting clients and, you know, doing the lunch meetings, the afternoon meetings. It was just far more that. intense than the evening yeah. gallery events. And oh, yeah. so your day ran from 7 a.m. to sometimes 10 p.m. Yeah. And I just kept thinking to myself, I want to have a family. Like, mm -hmm. I want to, like, how could I possibly do that? I felt like I was on this hamster wheel yeah. that I just didn't know how to get off of. Mm -hmm. And I, I was on the verge of crashing and burning, wind mm -hmm. up getting very ill and had to really pull back and take some time to say, okay, what am I really doing here? Mm -hmm. um, and that was a very, very scary. And I would venture to say even dark space in my mm -hmm. life because you had spent your entire educational career preparing for a yep. field that yeah. you now realize like, either I can't return to it because mm. it's so it's such an esoteric field with such a yeah. small community, particularly for people of color. Mm -hmm. And that 
you know, I just couldn't figure out how to kind of regroup and kind of recenter myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I did know I need to make money, right? <laughs> so I started reading a lot of books um, and I re read books about wealth. Mm -hmm. And the thing oh. that was the commonality in all of those books was real estate. Yeah. Even families yeah. who had made their money um, illegally would then funnel that money back into real estate yeah. oh, wow. to kind of legitimize the funds and to make, to build generational wealth. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, so somehow in my world, real estate needed to be in it. I had no intention of ever selling a home. That was never, not, not as a, a, an agent anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, my intention was to go and buy properties, right. invest in properties, mm -hmm. sell properties. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be the next billionaire. You know, I, <laughs> I watched all those, uh, those, those videos. I signed up for those, you know, yes. big, uh, come to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. 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 At the time it was like the Trump school of, of oh, real estate. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I looked at all of those things. Um, and then I was, again, remember I wasn't working uh, and I went to a property because I said, you know, you have to kind of put yourself in there. <laughs> went to a property that I was wanted to quote unquote buy with no money, no job, no credit. No, that was going to be really interesting. So, uh, you had ambitions. Uh, I, right. I, I had by then gone to real estate school because I figured I'm going to another back end of the business. Right. And, um, the broker was smart enough at that time to say, listen, this girl is penniless, <laughs> but she went to real estate school. And I think that, um, you know, just in kind of engaging and talking to him, he says, listen, you grew up in the area. You seem to know a lot of people. You seem to network well. There's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Come on board. You already have your license. I'll sponsor you. I'll be your uh -huh. broker. And you'll sell the homes of maybe three or four family members or friends a year, make an extra Fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a year. And I said, unemployed, no money. That's right. That's right. Right. And that's where my real estate career came. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But he saw something in you. Yeah. I mean, I can even see it. Just you know, sitting here, like your your personality, you're engaging. You know. So I'm like, I'll buy a house. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got on the list? You know? And, and for him, it was probably a, a very much a safe bet. So it was nice. Right. That, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah. Right. Um, I really landed in a great place. Um, he was so very much a mentor for me in real estate. Um, you know, real estate, like most industries, have their kind of um, senior side, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. It just becomes dog eat dog. And everyone's in their minds, people are, everyone is competing for the same market. Mm -hmm. um, and I was with a broker who really just fundamentally believed in doing the right thing for each and every transaction. And if you do the right thing by people, you will do well, you will build a career, you'll build a reputation and you will do well. So I had the real fortune of learning from someone with good foundation. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know that I'd have the same perspective in real estate had I gone someplace else, to be honest. Right, okay. all right. Because there's a lot of egos involved. Absolutely. In yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what has been your biggest challenge since you've become an entrepreneur? Oh, boy. Um, it's pretty easy to answer. I just want to answer it in a very eloquent way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, not only being an entrepreneur, but being a single mom. Um, it's been really hard trying to find the balance between um, kind of working, you know, my family, my work, 
and also I'm really involved in my church. My mm -hmm. faith is my foundation for everything. So mm -hmm. if everything else was stripped away from me today, my faith is a, is the place that I would go. Mm -hmm. So I I I kind of decided very early on in my career, um, and this was really kudos to my mentor at the time. Um, his name is Thomas Ralph, uh, Pelham Broker. He you know he taught me to kind of compartmentalize my life be very clear about what's important to you. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do that, then you can weigh all the other things that you do against that. So for me, I decided it was family, it was God, and it was my work. Mm -hmm. And so anything else that came outside of one of those three triads had to really come strong mm -hmm. to pull me away from one of those areas. Mm -hmm. um, and some might say it made for a very boring life, perhaps. <laughs> but what I can say, it was a very stabilizing force in a field that can be very unstable. Okay. So that was really, really helpful for me. Um, but my, my challenge has always been uh, being a hands-on mom mm -hmm. and still being a very much a hands-on realtor. Because mm -hmm. um, I really believe in providing the best service I can for my clients. And that's hard when you're sent to the soccer game mm -hmm. and someone wants to put an offer on the property and you're in the stands and you're like, okay, <laughs> how am I gonna do this? You know, and, and so I've, I've watched the soccer game from the car on the side of the field because I'm making the calls and, you know, kind of making things happen. Um, there's been times my, my son has learned to the hush, the quick hush, <laughs> phone's ringing. Mommy's <laughs> <laughs> on a call. Um, he also became a really great realtor. At by age six, he'd walk through. Look at the living room. <laughs> Look at the kitchen. He was wonderful. He was a great selling point. <laughs> um, I'd buy from him. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> great. Oh, so, absolutely, it was great. And um, another thing that I did to kind of help hone things in for me a little bit was I have a cousin who is also a really influential commercial broker in New Rochelle. And one of the things that he told me very clearly is he says, value your time, mm -hmm. value your time. You can choose to be a tour guide to clients mm -hmm. or you can spend time with your son. Mm. So if you're gonna be a tour guide over spending time with your son, remember you're making a choice you're making a conscious decision wow so i made a decision at that point to um do like he did and i followed his model and that was to work exclusively by referral oh, okay okay so i've i do not solicit i don't send out mailers i don't um you know place ads i don't uh, do cold calls i work exclusively by referral Wow. Um, and that creates a relationship. It's kind of like a pre-made relationship. Mm -hmm. One, it puts the onus on me to do a good job because mm -hmm. now I'm accountable to the person who sent them to me. Right. It also creates a sense of accountability from the person coming to me because mm -hmm. they now have a friend or someone that they know right. who they have to kind of touch back, you know, with right. touch, touch points. So um, that has been also very helpful. It did make for some very lean years because mm. sometimes the phone just doesn't ring. Mm -hmm. And so how do you cultivate business in my business? Mm -hmm. You cold call, you, right. you know, right. you send out mailers. You right. Um, so I had to make a conscious decision that in those seasons, well, then I was just going to spend more time with my son. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, that was really hard um, to reconcile and you kind of question yourself in the journey. Mm -hmm. um, but in hindsight, I'm really, really grateful um, because he, now as a 16 year old, he now says, he, he still says, 
oh, you never spend any time with me. <laughs> and I can unequivocally <laughs> tell him I absolutely did. Yes. No, I know that I did. Right. And I, in your 16-year-old eyes, I can be the worst mom on earth. I don't care. I know. That's right. I have put the time in. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, you said a few things that, to me, keep tying back to the word integrity. So from... Um, you making your choices from your foundation, from working from a referral perspective, and even just taking the advice of your your cousin. And mm -hmm. I think that the, the person the that you're the right, you're, you, the broker that um, sponsored you. To me, it just feels like integrity is constantly just weaved underneath all of those. So, can you talk to us about the importance of integrity as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a name to hide behind. So, for instance, when I worked for Scholastic, it didn't really matter what my name was because the brand was Scholastic. Mm -hmm. So it was just important to them that I made them look good. I did right. what I had to do for them, mm -hmm. right? But me leaving, me going, me doing something else changes, changes nothing for them other than they, they hire someone else. Mm -hmm. um, when you work for yourself, however, you are your brand. So when I'm in the supermarket, I am Tanya Riggs, broker of Sheridan Residential Group. Mm -hmm. When I am at my son's soccer games, I am Tanya Riggs, broker with Sheridan Residential Group. So, it, you know, mm -hmm. integrity has to be the, the, you know, when you speak about integrity, part of integrity is consistency. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm with, and, and a lot of my clients uh, sometimes come through church, mm -hmm. sometimes come through um, referrals with friends, you know, they have to see the same person mm -hmm. every time right. they see you. Mm -hmm. And it cross pollinates in yeah. different parts of my world. So if I'm not consistent and if I'm not operating in integrity, then it becomes very apparent very quickly. Mm. And it takes years to build a brand and it mm -hmm. can take seconds. Yeah. To, to shut it down, mm -hmm. to, to really to, um, undermine the very thing that you've spent years building. Okay. Yeah, especially with the way people uh, interact and chat and Facebook and social media. Absolutely. Like, you know, one small blast Absolutely. becomes viral and, you know. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I think one of the things that it's taught me as well is to, um, you know, every deal is not going to be perfect. You're not going to be able to please every client. Um, you have to be able to own that. And you have to be able to speak to the client and say to them, listen, I really didn't do the best job for you on this. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't provide you the best service that I could have. Um, I, I would appreciate another opportunity to get it right. And you'd be surprised whether the person does or doesn't, they do appreciate that you took the moment yeah. to pull back and say, listen, you know, this person still operates with a measure of integrity. And maybe they didn't rehire me to sell their home the next time. But they will somehow will circle back. I'll bump in. We're living in the community together, right? right? right so you'll right. you'll always bump into people again. And funny, those same people will still refer me to their friends. Okay. So that's Good. really, I think, something that you, you gotta you gotta own your strengths. You also have to own your weaknesses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what do you feel has been your greatest help on this journey? What's your greatest help? Um, without question, is my faith. Okay. There's just no way, I, I, I can't imagine what any portion of my life would have looked like without having a, a backbone of faith. Because especially as an entrepreneur, you're also very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. you're, you're completely exposed. Mm -hmm. You know, at any point in time, people are calling my cell phone. 
I didn't have a work phone. I used to have a work phone. It got very cumbersome doing the back and mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. So they're really getting my cell phone, like mm -hmm. my personal cell phone. Mm -hmm. And when I'm answering, I'm in the car, I'm on the way to Dane Talk, or I'm, right. you know, like, <laughs> I'm on the way to church, or I'm, and they're, they're catching me in the course of my life as well. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, when I, my picture is out there and I'm living in the community and it's very easy to Google and find information, you know, like you're so very exposed right. as an entrepreneur. Um, just... I think that um, walking with the integrity component with your faith allows you a strong undergirding so that you can kind of, um, you can kind of move forward with short footing. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. Absolutely. It definitely does. Um, I, for you, I know you talked about um, kind of what the catalyst to say mm, one day I'm going to be an entrepreneur around like no one's gonna yeah. I'm not gonna be on anybody's list yeah um and it's funny because uh we talked to someone who's an entrepreneur now and they were talking about when you know women especially specifically women of color over 50 they're on that list and yeah. so you know thinking about your future you know so you're in real estate now for you, when you think about your future and what's mm -hmm. next in the, you know, 10 years from now, yeah. success today versus success then, yeah. what, what's your vision and what do you see? That's a great question. It's funny that you asked. I just met with a business strategist. <laughs> that's, that's the very thing. You know, um, I didn't take a very formal, as formal approach as I should have to my business mm. when I started, to be perfectly honest. Um there's ways that um, entrepreneurs can insulate themselves um, through savings and, and investments. And there's a whole myriad of ways to do so. As a single mom, you know, I was really living like from house sale to house sale to rental mm -hmm. to house sale. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't really, and, and when you're doing it, you're kind of immersed in it, right? Cause it's consuming. Mm -hmm. um, it's only in the last five years that I've pulled back to look at my business as a business. Because mm. up until now, it had, up until then, it had been my job. Mm. So what's the difference? You're, when you're building a business, you're trying to figure out how it can sustain itself outside of you. As a realtor, that's a really interesting thing to say because very much a part of your business is your personality and who you are. It's service, so it's what you bring to the table. So I've spent um, very recently, I just brought on um, some new agents. Up until right. now, I, I had maybe one or two agents that I worked with, but again, because integrity is so important to me, to me, it was more of a liability to have more people on board than uh -huh. it was. Now, most realtors yeah. don't think like that, right? right? right. Um, they think, you know, the more the merrier, the more, right. the more people are on board, the more money you make, right? right? Well, in my mind, the more people on board, the more opportunities there were for there to be mistakes made and um this was my baby right. this is you all want to control right? yeah. yeah maybe it was the control you know really it was just so important to me um for me to maintain that integrity also um i have a very large family my dad is the baby of 12 oh. and my mom is second eldest of 11 um, so I have a huge family and wow. all the lion's share of my family lives in this area. In fact, growing up, I lived walking distance from three aunts and uncles.
levels with, oh, awesome. at any point that's in cool. time. Yeah. So um, while that was wonderful to have support as a teenager, it's really not that great. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything, everything. <laughs> Nine times out of that, you know, there's six degrees of separation. Right. You know someone in my family. Right. So I have an accountability to my family mm. to also do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing yeah. at all times. And that's something in our family that we value, bar, barring everything else. You can make a ton of money. That's great. You know, that's great. We'll afford mm -hmm. you. But if you can really um, walk with integrity, if you can really um, add value to people's lives, as you as you move, as you walk, as you breathe, you're able to kind of bring some people along with you, share what you know, mm. so that you can help someone along their journey, mm -hmm. and and be open enough and humble enough to be able to receive what they have for you, younger yeah. or older. Yeah, right. we talk right. about that a lot. Yeah, so um, you know, there's a lot of people who are thinking about getting into real estate, or might even just be putting their toe in the water. Um, what would you say are some things that they should be thinking about? to be successful in this field? Um, I think the first thing that I would really do is look for someone who you believe that um, kind of who they are is something that you would want to kind of emulate to or, or to admire, you know, mm -hmm. just who they are. Because who they are is going to rub off on you even more than how they are, mm. meaning what they do, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, if if I was giving advice to someone, I would first say, do you live in the area? Would you like to turn Sheridan residential? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, you know I, would, I would really say, um, I always advise anyone who is interested in, um, don't, don't do an online course. Everyone uh, thinks you can do a real estate online uh -huh. course. You know, it's like anything else. If you shortcut yourself, mm. yep. you shortcut your business yep. because you're, your purview and your, your perspective on the industry is that of a screen mm -hmm. and the questions being asked. Um, I always recommend, it's a bit more costly, but it was so much more enriching to go to your local, ML, like your MLS, your board of realtors. Mm -hmm. Why do you go to your board of realtors? Because the people who are top in your field are the ones who are teaching those classes, mm -hmm. right? So these are people who are really, who are not only in the field, but they're in your market. So the things that you're gonna catch from them beyond the printed material that you're teaching is so much more valuable to you um, as you're kind of building your real estate mind and, and, and your, your real estate lens, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, the Board of Realtors also is where our standards for business and conduct come from. So you can learn, you can go to a school that in you know a smaller real estate school but maybe what they're really, um, you're gonna get the content, you're gonna get the hours, that all is standardized by the right. state. Mm -hmm. But the people that you're learning from is where you're going to learn kind of the ethos of the business. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that if you learn that from the place where, you know, that that's, uh, um, they're the ones who are lobbying for legislation for us. They're the mm. ones who are, you know, kind of really setting the tone for how business is done. And particularly if you're, you happen to be in the Westchester area, we are in one of the most prime markets in the country. Mm. So you want to hear that not from a subprime agent. Mm. You want to hear that from the folks who are 
kind of have the outlook on your industry. So okay. I would say go to your local board of realtors. Okay. Mm. Great. It's really interesting. Um, so we've heard from some of our entrepreneurs and certainly we know of women in the workplace who just have a very different experience between being a woman versus being a man or how uh, that can, how you interact with that or how you experience that. We've also talked about when we think about like a realtor or a real estate agent, we generally tend to think of women. So I'm not sure we can talk about maybe why that is, but like would love to find out more if you have experienced that or right. um, it sounded like both your mentors are men. So that's curious as well, or very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So um, in my experience, um, obviously I, I've been doing real estate now for what will be 17 years. Um, first getting into the business, I, you know, you encounter a lot of women in the field. Mm -hmm. Why do I think that is? It's commission-based, you know, um, business. It's something that you can you do locally, and mm -hmm. and, and it's um, it's kind of like a feel-good business, you know. So I think, you know, when I think in my mind, I think of you know uh, the traditional real estate broker or agent, if you will. It's like this woman who has like Lady Godiva rings, you know, <laughs> driving the Benz, while her husband has some corporate job. And she does this for fun, but changed a lot particularly with technology mm -hmm. um in terms of real estate um there is a disparity um when you're working with a, a service-based industry um men operate and think differently maybe i shouldn't say that but it's really been my experience mm -hmm. than women do mm -hmm. right so when a woman is going into a home we are looking and describing the home in a different way than men do Mm -hmm. So what in my experience, when I'm dealing with male brokers, it's actually very helpful to have them on the other end of the transaction because they are transaction based. Mm. How are we getting this client to the, you know, okay. to the closing okay. table? Okay. Right. right. I don't right. care if there's a sunken living room. I don't care if there's a, you know, sub zero in the kitchen. Like, I don't care. How are we getting that client to the closing table? And that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, I, in my earlier in my career, spent an enormous amount of time making sure that my client loved every component mm. of this home. Mm. Because in my mind, this was their, you know, big investment. And I just wanted to know that they were happy and pleased. Mm -hmm. um, I find that many more of the men, while they do still have that interest, they're like, listen, you can like this one, this one, this one, or this one, pick one. I know a guy for that I know yeah. a guy for that I got a guy for that you know? so their approach is just very different it's really good when you have a male female team okay yeah okay. because it kind of moves keeps things moving in the right direction and don't get me wrong there's some women out there who really are you know they're really incredibly business savvy mm -hmm. um and have a very similar approach um but I think that when you're dealing with something as personal as a home, particularly yeah. something that someone's yeah. going to live in, right. um, it, it, that you see the differences. And, and uh, something that I've done personally, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, as an independent you know, solo practitioner, you still need to create community for yourself, right? You're mm -hmm. not, I'm not working in a bubble, I'm working in a community. Mm -hmm. um, just because I work for myself, with myself, doesn't mean <laughs> that I don't need other people. And nine times out of 10, the people who I call for resources or for insights on something are male colleagues. Hmm. Really? really? I never really thought about it until you asked the question. Really? Hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. They're all male colleagues. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, I just, I, I'm very like interested, especially by this episode because, um, my mom, single mom, she uh, is a, a property manager by trade, but she also got a real estate license. And um, me personally, I'm, well, I mean, I didn't think this before when I was younger, like going to houses and stuff for like hours, but I definitely feel privileged like growing up with um, like having the information about how to deal with tenants and how to deal with like um, the housing board or something in an, in an apartment building. But I know a lot of people in my generation are actually like starting to look at real estate as a more like lucrative kind of side hustle or as like their actual like startup business and what they want to, you know, do for a career. So I just wanted to know if you had any knowledge to impart on people who either have like skin in the game already or like someone that's just like starting out, like just to the generations of people that might like want you know, something like real estate or property management in, you know, in the cards? Um, I would absolutely say there's no, you, you can't be too young or too old, mm-hmm. to be perfectly <clears throat> honest with you. Um, if you're, you know, the, the, <laughs> the thing we used to always talk, laugh about, like anytime you bring on a new age and you ask them, why do you want to do real estate? They're like, because I'm a people person. It's like, <laughs> I'm a people person. Person, you know, okay, that's great, but can we get them on the closing? Table? Right, yeah, we all have to eat. Right. Um, I would really say that, um, like I think of my son, for instance, he's 16, right? Mm-hmm. So, in his mind, he thinks he's going to be the next, I don't know, business mogul. He wants to do engineering, he wants to, you know, have an engineering firm, and blah 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 blah. He wouldn't touch real estate with a 10 foot pole, in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel the same way, Natalia? <laughs> No, I want to like build this into an empire. Like I'm, I'm going to try and be a doctor, but like, I definitely want to be able to like take care of my properties and like leave them for a legacy for my family, you know? Love it. Love it. Please speak to my son. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the thing that I have to believe has been planted as a seed for him is this sense of you can make something out of nothing. Yeah. Mm. I, I just really think that that's something that is, um, that's caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't really teach, teach somebody that. that. Right, right. Because he's seen mom say, and I've had to be very candid with him on some things. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a school trip that he really wants to go to and it's, you know, thousands of dollars. And I'm like, okay, well then we have to sell two more houses to make that happen. Like it's, it's a real yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. There's no guaranteed paycheck at the end of the week. Right. You know, it just doesn't happen that way for us, yeah. you know, and that could be the trip to Spain or it could be the trip to the library. Like we're going to, that's, that's gonna right. Term, you know, mm-hmm. we, we don't know what that's going to look like. Okay. This is the trajectory. This is, and it creates a sense of longer term planning um, for us as well. Um, I think that across generations, though, even someone who is um, retired can start a brand new, fresh career in real estate um, really successfully. Mm. Mentored well, you can, you know, you can sell homes as long as you can drive a car. You right. can sell yeah. you can walk up the stairs. Although I do know brokers who like send people up the stairs. I had a broker like that. Oh, from my house that I'm right now, this woman, right. I don't know, she was probably in her 70s. And she would not drive on the highway and she yep. did not do steps. Yep. <laughs> I need to have the 
what you think of the bad news. It's always out here. That's so funny. That's so funny. That's exactly right. As long as you have a desire to do it well, and I think that really applies for almost anything. Yeah. Um, the benefit of being in a field like real estate is there's no one there to tell you you can't. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of other industries, you're, you know, people start giving you the side eye. You hit 60 and they're like, uh, you're still here? You know, right, like, right. truly. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're on TV or personality, they're like, were those 40. Right. there before? <laughs> right. You know? like, That's right. That's right. Real estate. I mean, as long as you stay current in your field, mm -hmm. then yeah. you, you you stay relevant mm -hmm. and you still, and the, and the longer you're in the business, the more you know, mm. the better you're able to really help your clients. Yeah. So for someone who's young coming in, I would say, grab a mentor, mm. grab a mentor. Mm -hmm. I have some new agents that are coming on and I'm saying, listen, you don't even have to beat the bushes for clients. Like I have more clients right now than I can manage. Wow. I need to watch how you manage them. Okay. And I'm and, and now I have to invest my time mm -hmm. in kind of saying, well, maybe you could have said things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could have nuanced this slightly differently. Maybe this person didn't like that, but sometimes people just don't like what you say and you have to tell them anyway. You know, like right. trying to figure out how to help them to navigate the business. So a younger person I would say, you know, get a mentor. Someone who um I guess I'm Generation X, is that what it is? Yeah. I think I yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I'm, <laughs> I've been moving. <laughs> I've been in denial. But, um, you know, as a Generation X, I think that um, something recently changed for me. Um, and I think that in my 30s, I spent a lot of time feeling like I don't know enough um, to do and be and achieve what I really wanted to achieve. And in my 40s, I have come to realize I know more than enough mm -hmm. to do everything that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to put in the work and apply it? Mm -hmm. So it's a different kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that has, um, that ha I think I'm in the midst of that kind of shift right now. Okay. That's good. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's Smart just been pleasure. awesome having you. And I know that we've all been pretty inspired. We've just have some just awesome women talking to us about being entrepreneurs. Maybe one of us will catch an entrepreneur book. I am. <laughs> or come on board. Right, right, right. But thank you. Thank you again, My Tanya. My pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Okay, listeners, we'll be back soon. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.